Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, Good we're morning. getting we're oh we're it's early. It is early. We're very early on this on this Cinco de Mayo yeah. of days. Well, we're recording. Pulling the curtain back. Recording oh, it yeah. on Cinco de Mayo. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um this week we're so excited. We have a woman named Isabella Frappier. She is a sexuality doula. Um, she's also created the Facebook group that I've spoken about before with one of our like first guests that we brought on. Mm-hmm. Um, that is I actually didn't realize that. Like I didn't realize that, that that was the same Facebook group. Oh, how funny. Yeah. That is it very is. interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. It's um a sex positive universe for women, mm-hmm. um, women with an X for anybody who identifies as female. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, the group has been incredibly transformative for me. It's just amazing. Uh because it's it's a group of just talking really openly about sex, about desires, about issues that come up. Um, also, there's like Feel Yourself Be Friday, which we talk about in this episode where you post like women, f- anybody, you know, who identifies as female posts about like their bodies or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, to the extent that Facebook will allow. Right. Um but yeah, just celebrating that in a forum where it is like a casual sort of exploration and community and and concept it has been super cool that is great yeah Yeah. and um just like so in contrast i feel like to other modalities of how sex has been talked about or how i've experienced it before this like i just went to a bachelorette party and i realized like that is one of the only times in this country where we are socialized to specifically speak about sex, mm-hmm. to buy other women um, lingerie, to encourage sex on the honeymoon, to make it like a tiny bit saucy, right? Like yeah. to 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 flourish it a little bit, and and um, and then never talk about it again. <laughs> so do you, you, know? you do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay, so in Sorry. Game of Thrones, uh, it's fine. In Game of Thrones, there's a <laughs> concept called the like bedding ceremony, and it's mm. where like people get married, and then like I guess everybody like at a certain point carries the bride and groom to their like uh, bedroom and like strips them off and stuff, and it's like a big party, and like all these people like got to consummate the marriage, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know if they watch during it or not. I I only watch it. I don't I don't read the books. But oh, when okay. you were describing the bachelor party, that reminded me sort of of that, which was like it's the one time where it's okay for us to be like, yeah, you guys uh, are probably gonna have sex, so that's cool. Yeah, like, yay, gonna we're gonna celebrate yeah. it. But then like, immediately after the day, that day, it's like, nope, we're not talking about yeah. it anymore. It's just for procreation, mm-hmm. and then now you're supposed to have kids. Yeah, it's 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 such a bizarre. Uh, idea to me yeah. yeah like of of like this is the one time that we're allowed like when you're in partnership when you are financially and legally binding yourself mm-hmm. to somebody right. else then when you're you, allowed we can agree that you're probably never gonna sleep with anyone else yeah then now. you are allowed to have this experience but you can only talk about it in this one time period you know on a honeymoon um and that like i don't know the 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 I can only buy lingerie for like a friend or something on this date. Like, I don't know. I would love lingerie, like for a birthday present or something. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Like if it's your birthday party and you're going out opening gifts and like you, one friend gets you a set of lingerie. I feel like that would be, everyone would be like, 
interesting. Would be confused, but I yeah. like. But in real life, I would be delighted like, yeah, because sure. because also I was like, I don't have time to buy this or money to buy this for myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes so. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Like this idea that we have to put sex into a box and a time frame mm-hmm. that is only around particularly for heterosexual partnership right, right but like around this idea of marriage and coming together in sort of like this religious christian almost union i guess mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be christian but i i feel like marriage is a very sort of religious idea too of like you get married in a church yeah like or a temple or you know whatever and so then, you know, you have on this other side, this Facebook group or like this mm-hmm. movement, where, like the sex positive movement where, you know, we can talk about it at other times and like exploring is encouraged and fostered and it's a community where there's no shame around it. And if there is, we talk about it and, and, and it's discussed in this open forum. It's just such a, it's, yeah, it's very different. <laughs> I kind of want there to be one of those for men. We'll see. Like, yeah. I mean, probably, uh, there may be, but. All the same. But it just seems interesting like to be able to like, yeah. I'm feeling myself this Friday. I'm posting a picture of myself. Yeah. And it's like, bro, your shirt looks great. Like, Fuck that yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, like how yeah, amazing. I you. mean, God, there's Anyways, so many things that need to things. be, yeah. yeah, like discussed with men. But yeah, I think that in general, that idea of just like lifting people up and yeah. applauding different types of body types um, is just something that we need to be participating in instead of bringing each other down and mm-hmm. and yeah. and and like diminishing our our natural desires and yeah. interests and fortunately we have isabella out there yeah. that kind of who's oh god amazing this. you she's guys great. uh she's such a delight i felt like so like my cup was so full after yes. speaking with yes. her um yeah so please enjoy i'm feeling yummy head to toe you see me, ain't got no patience, so let's go. Yay! Me. Welcome to this episode of Finding My Yum. We have Isabella Frappier here. She is a sexuality doula, writer, sex educator. Um, she also created this amazing safe space uh, for women and people who identify as women um, on Facebook that has changed my life and mm. actually I guess that I brought on uh, one of the first guests I brought on, she it changed her life. Um, and it's just like such a cool environment to talk about things that we can't talk about all the time or, you know, post things we're interested in, questions, nudes, you know, just like have this amazing, inspiring community to go to to talk about everything, sex and more. So I'm so grateful for you Aww. to be here. Thank you so much. That's so nice. I always love hearing how the community that I started online has helped people. It's really lovely to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. It like sort of aligned with my journey with this podcast of like all of a sudden I opened my mind and then my friend exposed me to this group and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> the world has just exploded. There's just yeah. so much more out there. And there's so many women who are willing to talk about it and be open and free and communicate and about their fears and, and vulnerability and excitement and, you know, new 
conquests and whatever so yeah it's mm. beautiful yeah it's really rare for female identifying people to have a truly safe space where they can talk about mm -hmm. sexuality they can discover aspects of their own sexuality and like you're saying they can share nudes like that's yeah. something i mean we can't really because facebook hates right. women um but there's ways around that you can put stickers over your nipples yeah. like oh now they you can't have like a full butt cheek which really aggravates me because before you're allowed to have butts really and i love butts Butts, I would are great. butts are great. I would literally do a thread that was like, show me your booty. <laughs> just make people <laughs> drop butt pics. That, yeah. No, it's really nice because like a lot of the time, a big part of my message is about truly actually loving and celebrating yourself mm -hmm. and your body and your sexuality, which yeah. is very, very frowned upon for women. I always say like mm -hmm. when historically for hundreds and hundreds of years, men have created art celebrating the female body like they've made sculptures they've made paintings they've taken photographs and that's fine and we're all like oh that's great yeah they're beautiful and then the second the woman is holding the camera we're like oh that's so tension seeking <laughs> like, and it's like what right? the fuck like so just true. because it's through your gaze it's, yeah it's very controversial gaze. to mm -hmm. say that you love your body and female identifying people are also often socialized that um self-criticism creates intimacy so when you're like 14 to 15, yeah. usually it'll be like, oh, I hate my boobs. I hate my butt. I have this cellulite. And if you're like, oh, I really like how I look. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Can you not hang out with us? Right. Like, There's that moment in Mean Girls. I don't know if you've seen yeah, Mean Girls. I but exactly that, what yeah, exactly Like Katie Aaron. Um, She's like a fat eyelids or something. I yeah, can't remember yeah, yeah. Like she can't participate in yeah. the conversation because she doesn't understand. And mm -hmm. then she's like, oh, yeah. That's tough. You know, like that doesn't really end for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I it, it was pervasive for me and it's still like a something I have to continually rewrite in mm -hmm. my brain of I don't want to think those negative thoughts you know I, I can love my body as it is also this idea of like I don't have to fit some sort of ideal to get the yes. things that I want you are perfect and beautiful and sexy just how you are mm -hmm. and you can make changes to your body if you want to yeah. and love it even more but there's nothing you have to do to earn loving your body yes. and having that space online what we call it the feeling your selfie fridays uh -huh. where we do a thread of just um it used to be lewds and nudes but now i say chastes as well because some people like that's not how they express their sexuality yeah. and i want people to express it in an authentic way um i think it's two parts i think in one part it's really beautiful to prioritize taking a photo of yourself yeah. and really loving how you look and sharing that as a, like a radical statement that I love my body but it's also normalizing different body types yes. a lot of the time we just genuinely don't see other people's bodies naked except for our own or a partner and if you're a heterosexual person then when you're seeing partners naked you're also not seeing your gender represented right so like I love Korean spas and any yes. kind of opportunity for like nudity mm -hmm. that's non-sexual I think that's yeah. really healthy when I was in uh, London for the first time I was staying with a friend and we were watching their programming and they were showing a program on sex and it was fascinating because essentially they were going over female anatomy and they had four five women of all different uh races all different body types all different boobs vaginas whatever you know hair no hair and they were just going over the anatomy in a very like platonic way almost and i was like this would never be in america <laughs> i have never seen yeah, anything like this repressed. you it's know funny. yeah yeah it was so remarkable it's, so funny. it's sad but it's, it's funny sad. too but it felt really empowering i was like mm -hmm. yeah those are boobs and those are boobs too and i you know yeah like, representation is important uh, i feel like i always plug her um pamela pamela samuelson mm -hmm. she has uh, if you want to follow her 
you can follow her on Embody Work LA is her website and her oh, Instagram. Okay. She's in our group too. Oh, cool. Um, she's a somatic body worker and she has this amazing event that I encourage any vulva bodied people to attend called Take Back the Speculum where she teaches you how to insert and use a speculum and observe your own cervix, oh. which is a part of your body that a lot of people haven't seen but other people have. Like your OBGYN has seen it but you haven't. Sure. So that's really empowering. And then she does this thing called like the destroy of all shame where you take turns, I think four or five people at a time, lay down and give a tour of their vulva to everybody else in the class. And it's like really amazing to see. And like all this, like you're saying, hair, no hair, you know, birth, no birth, 82, 18. Right. You know, like seeing that beautiful representation is so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, maybe mine's just normal too. (laughs) Right. Yeah. A lot of what's been coming up with this podcast and, and like a mission of mine has become because we're so we create such a division between public and private personas. Mm -hmm. There's so much shame around the private persona because we don't talk about our natural desires, our bodies, what's going on. And so we feel like we're unique and the other and whatever we're feeling and experiences is so different because we were like, well, they must not be feeling that because nobody's talking about it. That's so true. I love that you said that. Um, Yeah. Compartmentalization of sexuality is really unhealthy and it's it's damaging to the physical and emotional body and mental body as well. And that's such a big part of my work is yes, normalizing such sexuality. A good launch in. So um yes, please tell me about your work and just like a little bit about how you got started and what you're doing. Yeah, now. I'd love to. So um it's an intersection of my personal and professional life, of course. Was anything that is either your true calling or to do with your sexuality usually is. It does intersect your personal professional. So to get started uh, personally, I my sex life was really fucked up where I, th- I just thought it was for other people because that was how I was socialized and a lot of us are. So I was much more focused on do I look good and is this a great sexual experience for my partner than am I actually enjoying this? Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time in that. And then I went through my own journey of sexual liberation and sexual healing, which involved celibacy and self-awareness and self-love and a long journey with self sensual self-portraits, which is why it's such a big part of my uh, professional work, but also the Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of an extension of my professional work. I'll get to that. Um, anyway, so I'd, I had been doing that personally and I was in a really good place sexually. And then I became a birth doula. So I was helping women give birth, which is a whole separate podcast episode yeah. <laughs> but what really struck me in that experience was how sensual and intimate birth is but how the western medical community sterilized it and tried to remove all of that and then because I did postpartum work as well I did mm. prenatal and postpartum work with all of my clients so they had full spectrum support uh, regardless of birth outcome and in that postpartum period what I found was that the repression of the sexuality that had been forced on them by the medical community during birth, birth being a time where you were supposed to feel as you truly are, like you're most powerful as a woman. Like it's very powerful right. yeah, moment. Yeah, you're creating life. Creating life. Yeah. You're doing this incredible <laughs> yeah. thing. You're on the like abyss, you yeah. know, it's really wonderful. Not to say that anyone that chooses to not do that or doesn't do that, not by choice, is not a powerful and amazing person. Absolutely. But that moment in a person's life, if they experience it, it's a very powerful one. Now, having the sexual element of that repressed during the experience by the the staff and the system that they're in had very damaging long-term effects that I was observing postpartum. Mm. So my work transitioned into sexual healing and support in postpartum clients and then 
through the grace of the goddess and the world, I was, I was blessed to have beautiful referrals and my business took off from there. And now I see a variety of different people. I'm, I, my main demographic is female identifying and, um, non-binary folks, Mm -hmm. but I, I have a small percentage of my books that I keep open for male identifying people and for couples, but it's like 10%. Okay. Um, and that's because I feel like it is important to see both sides. If I if I help men become like more empowered and wonderful, that helps the women yeah. as well. Um, but but I feel like men have a lot of support in general, systemically with their sexuality. So I do focus on female identifying people. And I was on. Uh, I used to call myself a holistic women's wellness worker with a specialty <laughs> in body literacy, <laughs> sexual sovereignty, and feminine feminist BDSM. And that is a mouthful, and no that one can is remember a it. Lot, but it is <laughs> technically the perfect definition of what I do. Sure. Um, but when I was on the Sluts and Scholars podcast, shout out to them; they're amazing. Um, they were like, "Oh, you're you're the sexuality doula," which I oh okay, that's like a perfect encompassing yeah. of what I do. That is two words instead of like a whole sentence. So that was when I braced that title. Um, And at that point, I was really enjoying my work. But what I was noticing then, I feel like my career is just a progression of being like, that's good. Okay, what's still fucked up systemically? How can I fix that? Yeah. So it's like, okay, all these individual female identifying people are having these amazing reclamations of their sexuality. And they're living these like awesome embodied, super juicy sex lives. But they're completely isolated and alone. Mm their community, their loved ones, their support system are not talking about sexuality just like you were saying. It's compartmentalized. Even people that are very liberated in their sexuality are often, they compartmentalize that so they're only liberated around their sexuality, not at other times. Right. So that was when I created the Sex Positive Universe for Women and that's women with an X. It's anyone that identifies as as woman or femme and uh, so that they, my clients could have that sense of community and then it really snowballed um as people just like added their friends and stuff yeah. so i think we're at like 15 or 1600 members right now which Amazing. is nice yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's been incredibly impactful for me as well that's nice to hear um, <laughs> and awesome. for me too it's, it's really great and that um that did boost my business as well like having oh absolutely clients i would imagine yeah yeah it's really nice um so just be like when you work with a client um like what what is that process of working with them like do they yeah what does that look like so i either see them over video chat or phone chat depending on what they're comfortable with and sometimes those comfort levels fluctuate some people find it a bit easier when they can't see like yeah. someone's face um to be vulnerable and then other people find that comforting to have a face to look at and yeah. you know have someone kind of smiling with you and being there with you while you're going through those hard moments and crying I prefer video because it's really hard for me when people are crying and I can't even see them and make eye contact because, of course, like, yeah, I'm still holding space, but I want them to have the reassurance that I'm I'm there with them. Right. So when people come to see me, I do like an intake and I try to get a sense of, I do a long session in the beginning, a 90-minute session. I try to really map out as much as I can in 90 minutes yeah. of their full sexual history perhaps past traumas, things that we don't necessarily categorize as traumas, but they're negative education. So we talk a lot about like sex positive education. We don't talk about sex negative education. Yeah. I truly believe that my work is like 80% unpacking and then like 20% inspiring and exploring and helping people play. But it is, yeah, it's a lot of unpacking different narratives that we've been told around our sexuality that 
sometimes they're like the littlest comments that, that you'll even hear as a child that you end up getting really fixated on subconsciously. Yeah, they roll around in your brain yeah. over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they shape like who you are as a sexual creature. And I think a lot of people live a sex life by default instead of one by design. So yeah. that's kind of what I do. I I listen, I hold space, I do give exercises that are, some of them are technically closer to sex magic but I don't particularly label them as such because I don't want to be limiting to every to anybody mm-hmm. but it's sort of meditation mindfulness reflection and being able to we call magic the ability to shift your consciousness at will so a lot of things are really magic yeah. that we don't want to say they are um, so I give those exercises but really it's a lot of holding space and supporting people through unpacking mm-hmm. trauma and sex negative beliefs and then well, I really love like that's all great and I love doing that but I also really love when we get to the point where we can start getting into like the more fun juicy stuff and yeah I'll give like homework if they have partners they can play with or solo sex sessions and different exercises that they can do that they never would have thought of that are like so much fun so. yeah like can we have an example yeah one of the ones I gave a client is it a game I really like playing which is when it's it's BDSM related which is a big part of my work um so if you're exploring impact play with a partner, particularly if you're the person who's going to be the top, so the one delivering the impact and then the bottom is the person receiving. Sometimes we call them dom sub. I just prefer top and bottom because they're more just kind of neutral um, in conversation with clients. Yeah. Can you also define impact yeah. play? Oh, yeah. Sorry. So impact play oh, is just okay. striking someone with either your hand or an implement. Mm-hmm. It's like literally the, the action of impact. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and particularly if you're doing it on the butt, and anything in the butt area, like upper thighs, it's really stimulating to the root chakra as well. And it's like you're literally just impacting the root chakra over and over again. It's very activating. So a lot of people find that they feel very grounded and calm and just mellow after like a good spanking sesh. <laughs> and they don't know why. They're like, it's so weird. I'm like, it's your root chakra. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I kind of test the waters with clients. I won't always like necessarily use that kind of language. But um, anyway, sorry, I, that was a tangent. No, so let's perfect. say you want to explore some impact for the partner. One of the things I see a lot in clients who have partners to play with is that particularly male identifying people are really nervous about doing something they've never tried before and they don't want to look silly like they don't want to look awkward mm-hmm. they want their partner to find them sexy and you know right. we can understand in that control. in control especially if you are playing with control dynamics but then also on a logistical level you want to be doing it well yeah and you want to know what you're doing <laughs> And I, I always recommend that people, when exploring impact pay, particularly if you're using tools like a paddle or a flogger or a whip or anything, you practice on a pillow because there's a lot of different things you do on your wrist and different things with your arm to get different technique. So getting that really good on a pillow, um, particularly if you're, you are doing spanking with an implement because you can easily miss the butt and then hit the vulva. And if that's not your intent and you deliver that wrong, that's really painful yeah. um, and potentially pretty high risk activity. So yeah. one of the games I like ascribing to couples that are playing with this or any type of partnership that are playing um, is you lay out all the tools that you want to play with. And then this is a two part exercise. So the first part is every time you get struck, you rank it from one to five, five being like, hell no like that's really like my limit I'm about to tap out that's really tough and then one being like I can barely feel it so that really helps the top get an understanding of your specific pain threshold but also the tools and how to use them if that's something they've never tried before but even if they're an experienced top 
And even if you're an experienced bottom, I still really recommend that activity because you have a specific pain threshold. They have a specific style and it's really fun to map that out because once you've mapped that out, then you can play with it really safely and you can make it pretty sexy. Like you might not always have, let's say, instead of just saying numbers, you have to say three, sir. And if you forget to say so and you just say three, you might have a punishment. Yeah. That's one part of it. And then the other um, exercise I'll normally ascribe at that time is so people have a concept of safe words. I recommend the spotlight, the traffic light system, which is red, yellow, and green. People never use green. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, I also like to add black, which is like, I've been massively triggered. I need everything to stop and like remove from the situation and calm down. Um, and then the goal of this exercise is to get your bottom to use their safe word. And they're aware of this. They go in with the knowledge of that. The reason I have people do this is because a lot of subs, myself included, when I was first starting in my BDSM journey, didn't want to use my safe word. Because I thought if I use my safe word, I was weak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, not the perfect sub, which there is no such thing as perfection. Yeah. So I really like this activity because it helps push the boundaries. It helps the top learn where the boundaries are. And then it also gives the bottom that relief of I can use my safe word and that will be rewarded. A good top should reward a bottom at any time for using their safe word. And not to get on too much of a rant with this, but it's really irresponsible to not use safe words. Um, because you are ascribing an immense amount of responsibility to your top and I think it's an unreasonable amount of responsibility to what psychically know like it's ridiculous it's too much pressure and there's so many issues with consent and safety and boundaries and it's very 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 important for the bottom to take responsibility of their safe words Mm -hmm. so that's like a fun exercise I I love that (laughs) well that sort of leads perfectly into BDSM oh wonderful um, (laughs) and sex magic as sort of the things that because you were saying that you don't uh, use the terms all mm-hmm. the time when you're when you're talking like some clients specifically like want to learn more about yeah. sex magic but not everyone yeah right um yeah so if what would you recommend for somebody who isn't partnered then as like an example exercise yeah that's certainly a good question because a lot of people are trying to explore their sexuality on their own and yeah. it feels really challenging um so one of the bdsm like more bdsm centric ones i recommend is for people that are looking to get more into their dominant side. Like I have a lot of female clients just coincidentally at the moment that are trying to explore their more dominant side. Um, And I recommend being your own dom. So I'll have them come up with a list of tasks that they want to do. Like things that, you know, like you might be like, I want to floss every day, but I don't. Or like I want to hang up my clothes, like (laughs) vanilla stuff, right? But then some sexual stuff too. So like maybe you want to explore butt play. So I'll be like, okay, one of your tasks then might be wear your butt plug in public while you go to the supermarket or something. Mm-hmm. So I'll have them come up with this list of tasks for their sub, which is themselves. Yeah. And then <laughs> top Fun. themselves throughout the week and like make sure they do it. And they'll come up with their own punishments for it as well. Okay. Which is really fun to like explore that in this super safe way. Because if you fuck up, you're the sub. So yeah. Like, oh, you <laughs> fucked up. Oh, you know, it's like split personality. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a really fun one. And then more on the sexual healing less like bdsm centric side um i do a lot of work with clients on womb healing Mm. and ancestral lineage healing so i have some really specific um mindfulness exercises around that where they visualize their womb and they create this beautiful healing energy in there and it spreads out throughout their lineage and heals everyone oh i love that it's funny people like don't want to acknowledge how much 
we absorb from our past Mm -hmm. and on a very like a lot of my work is is energy work and I'm a psychic medium so like a lot of it is intuition and energy work but there's also some some really specific science behind it for example any person whether they're male female or otherwise when no sorry that's wrong it's only female people people with internal reproductive organs Mm -hmm. my apologies um when they are in their mother's stomach they already have all of the eggs that they're ever gonna have Mm -hmm. so on a scientific biological level your specific dna Mm -hmm. was in your grandmother Mm -hmm. because you were an egg in your mother's ovaries when she was in her mother's womb crazy so like we vibrate with the energy yeah you know actually no i think men no you were still an egg i was right the first time all of you (laughs) (laughs) i was right the first time all of you were eggs yeah yeah yeah. So yeah. I did a, I actually did an ancestral healing workshop, oh, good. Um, which was amazing. I'm going to get the woman's name so that I can plug her. But um, yeah, it was like this uh, one day thing. And we did. Um, uh, God, now I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Telestrations. Margot Riddler is her name. Constellation work. That's mm. what we did. Um, and. Oh my God, it was so impactful. And I think it's something also sort of that we don't talk about and feels um, new agey and taboo, but is so resonant and true. And we really do pass on trauma and, um, you know, like all of our limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. to next generations and generations. And um, yeah, so it was just fascinating to deal with that in a space that was safe with people that were safe with a new group of strangers that created and held a space that was safe. But yeah, yeah. you might not remember, but your body does. Right. It's really powerful to heal it. That exercise actually that I was mentioning, the lineage and womb healing exercise, Mm -hmm. um, one of them is kind of simultaneous and I gave him to a client, a new client, and she said that that one exercise was more powerful and changed more in her day-to-day life than like the 10 years she's been in therapy. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And it has impacted like all of her relationships, not just her romantic ones, her relationships with her own parents and actually the relationship her parents have to her child. Mm, sure. I think. Well, and I think um, a mini tangent, like when you shift – everybody shifts you know like whether they are cognizant of it or not that you're just operating in a different way and so they meet you or even when they don't you're still operating in a different way you know with those boundaries and i mean like um i i honestly feel like my work is kind of like a hack because like you know people have like life hacks Mm -hmm. i feel like addressing your sexuality first is kind of a life hack because it heals every other aspect of mm-hmm. your life. When you're more comfortable exercising your boundaries, when you're more comfortable being out of control, when you're more comfortable communicating, when you work on all of these things in your sex life, they 100% replant everything. And I've had clients like get promotions, have mm-hmm. new partnerships, like all of these amazing things happen to them because they just vibrate differently in the world and they interact with people differently it's so powerful Well, and then you're not as cut off Mm -hmm. like you're not like the the bottom half of you isn't operating completely differently than your brain and your mind and and like we're saying earlier you're not compartmentalizing anymore as well like a lot of people feel like they can only be like a sensual and sexual creature in the bedroom but i'm a sensual sexual creature 24 7 like 
I will be eating like a delicious piece of fruit or taking a luxurious bath, you know, or even being in traffic. And I'm like, oh, but I'm really enjoying listening to this podcast. Like if you can find pleasure, I talk about this a lot. I'm like a pleasure activist. Yeah. I'm pro pleasure. If you can find some pleasure in any moment of your life, then you're living in a beautiful, embodied, central way. And then when you do want to tap into your sexuality, it's right there. Right. Instead yes. of you going don't have from to like go to, to the recesses of yes. your, yeah. Your, your being yes. yeah okay so i think it's useful to um to define bdsm yeah because sure. i was having a conversation with somebody the other day and i was like throughout that term and they didn't know and i was like yeah of course that makes sense so yeah i would love for you to define it and then um i'd love to talk more on this subject because it's something that i'm interested in and i and like i don't know that much about it yeah, I appreciate you asking that because one of my main problems is I forget that like not everyone has the same language as they uh-huh. So I think that I really appreciate when people ask me to explain. Um, so BDSM is an umbrella term and it stands for bondage. And sometimes that's bondage and discipline. So it's like the B. Mm-hmm. And then dominance and submission, so DS. And then sadism, masochism, SM. Okay. So it's like a amalgamation, I think is the right word, of, of all those different categories. So you can say, oh, I'm into BDSM, but you might very specifically only be into shibari bondage and like you're not into pain, you're not into humiliation, you're not into control, you're not into any of those things. Um, or you can be into BDSM and you're only into dominant submission, psychological play, mm-hmm. as opposed to practical or impact physical play. So you're only into that and you're not into bondage. Like I, the thing that's annoying um, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, is the media massively misrepresents BDSM. Yes. So people get a really different idea of what it means. And it's funny, um, <laughs> I talked to my mom about my sex life and stuff. She's actually in our group. And, oh, um, she is? Yeah. Amazing. And uh, she like loves hearing about it and learning about it. And she she's always like, oh, I wish like more people knew like what this meant. Like a lot of people just don't understand. And when you say you're into BDSM, they might visualize like a dark dungeon and whips yeah. and chains and blood and pain. And for some people that is their different of definition of BDSM. And for other people, it's it's wildly different. Yeah. It's a whole spectrum. Yeah. So if some, uh, like for me example, uh, if I'm interested in like getting into that world mm-hmm. or just beginning to explore, how how would one do that? Sorry, my nose is Um Yeah, absolutely. So I would recommend creating community or joining communities that are already established. So places like my Facebook group, uh-huh. um, not a shameless plug, anything that is like that, <laughs> it does not have to be my Facebook group. Um, and other online communities, people always recommend FetLife. Yeah, it's all right. Um, it is, I think it's a good place to find events in your local area. Um, I personally don't particularly like the site. Like I don't really like the way it's um, logistically structured mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of a little predatory. So be really mindful of your boundaries and what you want. Like it says on my profile, like this is just social profile like please do not contact me for anything romantic or sexual and mm-hmm. like all the time dudes are like hitting me up in the dance um it's very annoying and it's like you clearly haven't read my profile so why would i be interested in you anyway yeah um so yeah well, online, read it and decided to ignore it and yeah like, yeah that's even well maybe even worse right so. you're like yeah. thanks thanks bro sick violation of my boundaries that yeah. really gets me wet like <laughs> yeah. no um i mean I think that's just like tinder right like when people don't read your bio but um so yeah, online communities, I think a really good resource, self-education. So there's like lots of amazing books, um, websites, different online resources. It really depends what you're specifically into. But I would say self-educate, yeah. read blogs, understand the fundamentals because almost everyone getting into BDSM is like this little 
baby kinkster and you know yeah. we all make our own specific mistakes finding a mentor is really really helpful mm-hmm. um you can find that through an online community someone to be like oh yeah no that's fucked up like a dom shouldn't do that because yeah. you you wouldn't know otherwise right? right so having community having mentorship is really important um then on a more practical level like i was saying earlier explore with yourself like spank yourself tie yourself up I, my shabari practice uh is very important to me and it is 100 percent solo That's and not what is shibari like, shibari is like the japanese art of bondage rope bondage so it's a very ancient practice sometimes it's sexual for people and sometimes it's not um and it involves pretty like elaborate ties and knots so it's a lot of research learning and safety because it can get mm. really unsafe really quickly uh, and that's something I just practice with myself. So that's a beautiful... And I even do actually do self-suspensions. So I can suspend myself, um, which is pretty fun. Yeah. And that's not something I share with a partner at the moment, at least. It's not something I'm interested in. I'm I'm open as I learn more to be a service top for female identifying people that want to experience bondage in a safe way that's a non-sexual way because mm-hmm. it's very healing and very beautiful. And a lot of women and I don't fault them for this don't feel safe being tied by male identifying people so i would love as i become more experienced to be able to be a service top for people but um yeah at the moment that's a solo practice so uh, just saying that in that you can explore any of these things by yourself you don't have to have a partner and in fact you probably should like i recommend for vanilla people non non bdsm people it's not a slur that's just the word for non bdsm people um to masturbate a lot before they engage in any partnered sex so that mm. they have a good understanding of their pleasure and what they like and they have language to communicate it. And I don't see why you wouldn't do that with BDSM as well. Sure. So explore spanking yourself, explore different implements on yourself yeah. and see what you like. Mm-hmm. And then you can play with somebody else. Um, amazing. And then in terms of, um, I think it is really interesting how it's portrayed in the media. And we were mm-hmm. talking about how Netflix just came out with, uh, a Bonded. show called Bonding, I think it Oh, is. Bonding. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen the trailer. And it was the first time uh, we had a friend of mine who is a dominatrix on um, a couple episodes ago, but I was saying it's the first time that in mainstream media that I've seen a dungeon portrayed mm-hmm. and like a dominatrix as a um, job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much I love the show. It, <laughs> it is pretty campy and cheesy, but I do think What does that, that mean? Campy? Um, kind of like cheesy. cheesy. Yeah, like a, a little Sorry. bit hokey. I'm like not American. I miss <laughs> a lot of stuff. Like hokey? Yeah, that, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, but I think that there's something wonderful in the fact that it's at least being discussed in that way. Uh, one of the things that she says in it is uh, BDSM or like being a dominatrix is a release of shame. Um, and I think that that's one of their big thesis of the show, which I think is interesting. But I think you mentioned like even that these ideas of BDSM, um, the lifestyle and the principles can be useful outside of even like sexual sort of engagement. And I don't have any idea what that means. So I would love to hear all about. <laughs> I care about this so much. Yeah. Um, I get so excited talking about it. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I your little dance, <laughs> little dance. You guys can't see me. Um, yes, the principles of BDSM are fucking amazing, and I wish that every vanilla person understood them and practiced them. So, key principles of BDSM, or at least as I see, because I think everyone has their own relationship to sure. BDSM. So, I should have done a disclaimer that my definition of it is my yes. definition. Um, so, the key principles of it to me are boundaries, communication, 
consent and this one's not as catchy but like managing expectations mm-hmm. which kind of ties into the communication so within media sam people think it's all like crazy and it's kind of damaging to the sub or like it's it's rude or disrespectful and it's so much more consensual and communicative than any vanilla sex i've ever had and, right and I well, and I think part of well. that is because of the media, right? Like, you know, uh, some some versions of it, like Fifty Shades of Grey or something right. like that, where that is abuse, and there yes. it, it's it's more like seedy and sort of that thing of, that I was talking about about that division of public versus private. Right. When we expose the private in these ways, we sort of um, exploit those ideas and make them almost seem more dirty so that people feel like they shouldn't be doing them or mm-hmm. that they're, you know, whatever bad. Which for some people is the part of the cake. <laughs> totally. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sending a shout out to those yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's probably a factor, like how sex negative and just inaccurate the media portrayal of it is. And the thing I really wish people understood about BDSM is how much consent and communication is involved. I think that the bottom is the more powerful partner because they communicate to their top prior what they're looking for. And that might be very specific. It might be like, I want to have a 20 minute spanking session. I want it to involve this. But it also might just be like, these are the areas I want to explore. These are my hard limits. These are my soft limits. You know, I want to experience this. So the top only has as much power to dominate as the bottom allows it's a beautiful gift and in giving that gift you're able to relinquish the control of the situation which is the main appeal for most bottoms Mm -hmm. to be able to truly turn their brains off and just be present and be in the moment yeah so those principles of communicating your preferences your boundaries what you're looking for establish the boundaries the consent and the expectations for me which are the principles that I wish vanilla people would incorporate instead of just muddling through, trying to figure it out and not talk about it. Like talking about sex is so fucking sexy. I don't know why people don't think it's sexy. Every fucking client I have that is in partnership who I give homework to, they're like, oh, I don't think my partner's going to like this. They're not going to want to talk about it. And then in our next session, they're like, we didn't even get through talking about it before like he pounced or she pounced or they pounced on me. You know, it's interesting. So on this journey that I've had, especially with this podcast in in general, like that has overwhelmingly become huge like I didn't realize how much communication was important to me or how like exciting and liberating and amazing it can be also when you get your need met and Mm -hmm. somebody listens to what you say and then they do it Mm -hmm. to a full extent where it's like enough that you've been satisfied is incredible and that's not something I've experienced before and has now set a different bar for an interaction that I want because I feel like I was having like silent sex before which was default sex yes yes I like design sex and for me like in my past when I had had quote-unquote vanilla relationships because I don't really think I ever had any because I'm I'm just like a very true sub so there was always that kind of dynamic it was just like unspoken um I just hated the gray area of relationships. I can't honestly imagine the stress of being in a vanilla relationship. I could never handle the stress of it again. Like not knowing when you're going to have sex, not knowing like (laughs) what that sex is going to be like. And also in the non-sexual aspects of a relationship, like I'm a very giving person and my love languages is acts of service. So 
I love like doing things for my lovers. I like bringing them cups of water and like cleaning their houses and bringing them flowers. Like I love doing these things. That's how I express my love. Mm-hmm. And in a vanilla relationship, people like that in the beginning. And then they're like, that's good. Give me all of that. Like they just suck it dry. And in BDSM relationships, it's like, oh, good girl, you did that. And here's what I'm giving you. Like it's very mm-hmm. black and white, the give and take. And we were talking about this a little bit off camera, but I mean off mic, but sometimes the aspects that i'll give in a relationship aren't the same way my partner does like not at all like we we're not you know 50 50 no we're not each doing 100 percent. we're each doing like 50 50 yeah i don't want and i think i'm not <laughs> this is really controversial like i'm not slandering feminism at all uh-huh. but it's very important we need more of it everybody should be feminist but there are some aspects of new wave feminism that has created unreasonable expectations on women because before it was like oh all you had to do was like be at home but of course the problem is that's all you're allowed to do right not a choice it's not a choice yeah but if you're supposed to do all of the stuff that we were expected to do in the past cook clean raise babies but you're also supposed to have a career and you're also supposed to do all these other things have a vibrant sex life be fucking hot as hell be working out i'm like how on earth are you supposed to do that yeah so i think it's beautiful to have like really clear like we're saying expectations and communication in your relationship of what roles do you want to fulfill what Mm -hmm. is nourishing what is relaxing for you in a relationship that's beautiful and instead of saying like oh i wish you do more of this saying wow I really appreciate how you do so much of this so I don't have to think about it mm-hmm. instead of being resentful that the other person isn't doing 100%. So say like one yeah. person works a bit more and the other one does a bit more housework, let's say that's like a 60-40 split. Yeah. Instead of one person being like, oh, I wish you would work more, being mm-hmm. like, I really appreciate how much you do around the home because it really helps me be able to focus on my work and it takes that off my plate and I'm so grateful. Yeah. And then the other person can be like, I really appreciate how much – you bring an increased percentage of income into the home so I can focus on my hobbies and the things that bring me joy. Yeah. You know, like really appreciating, truly appreciating your partner. Yeah. And I think even if you don't get kinky, the principles of BDSM can help you do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's definitely eye-opening in a way that I haven't thought about it before. But, um, yeah, I think that's so true. And I think um, especially the more you get comfortable in such a vulnerable state of setting boundaries and of communicating, of course that's going to translate into every other aspect because, you know, when we're naked and and sharing like our most private selves, like of course that's when stuff is going to come up. And if you can articulate in those moments how empowering and how like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I've been noticing a lot um, in my practice, but also in my personal life is how powerful and sexy no is and how much I love it when people say no to me. Yeah. Because it's like, thank you for having that boundary. Mm-hmm. I need to trust that your no is actually a no and your yes is a yes. Because if you're saying yes to me, but it's really a no for you, yeah. even if it's like we're friends, right? Right. And I'm like, hey, you want to hang out? And you're like, yeah, but you're really tired and honestly, you needed to rest. I don't really trust you and I can feel that energy when we're hanging out that you're tired and something's off and I don't know why. Right. So if someone says no to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so sexy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for exercising your boundaries and prioritizing yourself. Yeah. And I think when you play in BDSM, you get more comfortable with that. Like there was a thread in the group the other day of someone saying, uh, what do you do when a kink, your partner has a kink that you just can't get on yeah. board with? And I was like, well, I'm your partner. Like in this scenario, like I'm always the kinkier one in relationships. 
I have like a sea attached is my like list of kinks it's like a novel <laughs> and like most of the time my partner's like oh that's fun yeah cool like we can try that and then sometimes they're like mm, you know what like that does nothing for me but I love that you shared that yeah and that's really comforting because if my partner doesn't say that to me I'm gonna feel honestly nervous because I don't want them to feel obligated to do something they don't want to do I need to trust that my partner is strong and they will uphold their own boundaries right fuck oh no it's so sexy Get myself all worked up. <laughs> um, amazing. Oh, great. Oh, we're doing so we're good. About 40 we had oh. Like 18, oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, cool. Um, well, now I've lost. Like, <laughs> um, I just wanted to round out, I guess, with um, sex magic and just sort of touch on that because that's not a term that we've talked about on here. So you sort of um, redefined what magic mm-hmm. is. But in terms of like how that manifests in your work and and what you say, like I'd love to just hear a tiny bit about yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, just reiterating magic being the ability to shift consciousness at will. Um, I think we should have a broader definition of sex as well. That's kind of something I'll do in my oh. sessions with clients. Um, like in initial sessions, I, I ask them to define everything. What's an orgasm to you? What is sex to you? What is masturbation to you? What is foreplay to you? And that often help people unpack some limiting beliefs they didn't realize they had so let's just define sex as like a a beautiful central experience that you have like with yourself or with a partner so combining those two things like i'm saying earlier a big part of my message is default is design instead of default Mm -hmm. so sex magic really really brings that in so it's creating more intention around your sexuality so it could be really simple like say we're gonna have sex and instead of just like making out and getting into it be like what would you really like to experience today and that could be bdsm centric or it could be like i want to feel more connected to you mm-hmm. i want to enjoy that or you might say i have a job interview tomorrow and i'm really nervous can we like focus some really good positive energy towards that mm-hmm. and that might be the energy that you bring into your sex life honestly i mainly practice sex magic solo i don't do that much partnered sex magic mm. um it's fun but I, it's kind of like to me it's kind of like meditating like I, I don't really want to do that with someone else like I kind of want to do that by myself yeah um so I mainly do it through like masturbation or solo sex and there are a couple of different ways that you can do that um can I give you guys can I give your yes, listeners a couple of free please. ones um yeah. that are exercises that I give clients so decision directed is one I can also link you an article if you want in your show yeah. notes um yeah, where I've given a couple great. of free exercises um so decision directed so say you have a job interview and they they offered you the job and you're not really sure if you want it because your current job, they might offer you a promotion. You're like, ah, shit, what should I do, right? So one of the things that I'll recommend is having solo sex with yourself and then visualizing with all your senses what each experience would be like. Mm-hmm. So you visualize at that job, like what coffee would I drink? What would I eat? What would my interactions be like? What would I wear? How would I feel? You really visualize that. And then you go through the other one and then sometimes you might orgasm thinking over one of them and you're like, oh, okay a lot of times people don't orgasm during that type of sex magic they're like i'm not gonna come thinking about my job it's like that's cool do you have to come right do you always have to come um so that's like a decision directed one where you visualize two different things and then you feel which brings you more joy and i will say just as a tangent the more you practice mindful sex whether you want to call it sex magic or whatever you want to call it um you register pleasure more in your body in general so even if you're not doing a specific decision directed 
solo sex magic session, if you're focusing on mindful pleasure, you're probably going to know anyway. You're going to be in that job interview and you're used to registering pleasure in your body. So you're like, oh, this feels really good. And then the other one, maybe you felt it was a little bit coercive because maybe, you know, you've learned more about what that feels like sexually. Yeah. Right. So being really mindful to our pleasure is the superpower in all other areas of our lives. Um, what are some other fun ones? I like using them for like manifestation. That's probably the main way I practice sex magic. So I will visualize uh, something I'm trying to manifest. And I like in the early example, I will visualize myself in every aspect of that while I'm masturbating. And then I will try to come at whatever I define as like the pinnacle of that. Mm. And I'll sort of visualize the energy of that experience shooting out of the top of my head and then kind of raining back down over me. And then I'll say like, it already is. Mm-hmm. And so it is. That's I love that. So those are just like some fun ones that you can yeah. do without a partner. And yeah, honestly, I, I personally prefer practicing sex magic solo. But it's, it's pretty fun with a partner sometimes. Even if you're not going to do like a full ritual. Because, you know, you can get really into the ritual of it, which is really fun. Um, and having specific items and laying out an altar, you can get really into it. And you could come listen to my pod, podcast, Sex Magic yes. Podcast, for more info. Um, <laughs> there you go. But... Um, you can also just like I was saying, just be more mindful with your partner and like communicate. What are you looking to get out of this yeah. sex tonight? I'm like, what are you hoping yeah. for? What's on the menu? <laughs> what could I order? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you're amazing. I've been thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's it was my so pleasure. Fun. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. Really so, if people want to find you, um, how can they contact you? Yeah, you can find me at isabellafrapier.com. That's probably the easiest one because I'm pretty sure I have links to most of my stuff. Um, you can also catch me on Instagram at Bella took a photo. Um, and if you want to read my writing, I would say go to my website and link through or you can just go to sexwithemily.com, which is just where a bulk of my content is. Okay. Um, but you can also go to Thinks and Chakrabs, a couple other companies. And then you have a podcast as well, which you yes. sort of touched on. It's called the Sex Magic Podcast. You can find us on Instagram or online at that handle. It's where that everywhere. Um, we're a collective of curious witches, curious modern witches. We just talk about like a bunch of different stuff. It's a really fun podcast. Yeah. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Give Amazing. us a give us a like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Oh, and I guess if you want to join my Facebook group, oh, you yeah. can just look us up on Facebook. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the password is, but if you, because this is like a yeah. really broad medium, but if you find it on Facebook, you can message me either on Instagram or Facebook and ask me for the password on Instagram, Bella took a photo and on Facebook, it's Isabella Frappier. So happy to give you the password. We'll just have a little chat. Make sure it's the right fit. The right fit. Yeah. yeah. Because that's and like that part was sex of positive women. Sex positive universe for women. For women. Mm-hmm. Um, the E in sex is with an asterisk because Facebook hates women and sexuality. And they will like ban us, you know, shadow ban us. But um, that's like a really fun space and it's really nice for people to have that avenue. So I'm, I'm always really happy to, to welcome people in. It's not, it's secret for privacy, not for like elitism. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone that identifies as, as female is welcome. You don't have to be female, traditional female bodied amazing yeah. yay thank you <laughs> my pleasure oh boy oh boy isn't she great she's great she's so great um well as usual please follow us on instagram and facebook at finding my yum podcast uh, send us an email finding my yum at gmail.com please like us rate us 
subscribe. subscribe. If you want to be a guest, reach out to us. If you have a friend that you think would like listening to the podcast, share an episode with them. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, we are looking for new guests. There are a million more things that I want to talk to people about. So if you have something, please send us an email, uh, message me on Instagram, etc. Thanks for listening. Yay! <laughs>